Welcome to another episode of Learn with Bestern, where we discuss the latest trends in leadership development, self-development, as well as well-being. There's so much information out there. We want to make sure we bring in the latest insights and research based on neuroscience and behavior change to give you the tools that you need to make a change in your personal and professional lives. Join us on a journey to learn more. We hope you enjoy this episode and don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with others that might find it helpful. Marwa, I'm happy to have you today with us in Learn with Besson. And the reason why I found that the topic of women in leadership is so important is because of a personal story. One year ago, there was this company, what's uh, what's the name? Unilever, uh, claiming that 52% of the managers are women. And there was a big post about it in LinkedIn. And I was just checking the comments. So there was approximately 1,000 comments. Most of them were coming from men, and most of them were quite negative about the, the fact that they have decided to empower women to give them more accessibility to positions of, of power. I must say that I was a little bit ashamed about it. Uh, things, uh, things happen. Uh, today, in fact, we all know that there has been a progress in terms of key performance indicators of representation of, of, of women in positions of, of power. But nevertheless, us as humans, we are not reacting all well. There is a lot of different challenges that have come because of, of, of the pandemic. Uh, there is the, the numbers of, that are coming from women uh, leaving their job, what they call usually the great resignations are more important than in men. The level of stress and anxiety in women has been <clears throat> increasing more in women than compared to, to men. And that makes it that it is a good thing that today we have the possibility to discuss, in fact, about what is the realities about women in leadership. Now, the thing is that it was quite interesting how you and me, we met. I still remember approximately three years ago, we were in a business business context um, and you were in fact leading the audience because you were in the client side and we were discussing about different business topics. But I was impressed by the fact that the way, the way you were reacting, positioning yourself, being quite outspoken during that, that meeting. And since then, we haven't stopped catching up on each other to understand a little bit more, to get to know each other. And I'm glad that I finally found someone who really knows about the topic from the perspective, not only from of experience, but or it's also because of the advocacy that you have with the, in terms of the leadership of women. So just a short intro. <clears throat> Marwa, you have held several senior positions across pharma, dermocosmetics, medical industry. Uh, today, you are a general manager in a Danish company. By the way, Danish is quite well known. Nordic countries, representation of women, either in, in co corporations, either in the government is quite, quite important. You hold a doctorate in business, uh, business, business administration. And I wanted to understand fr from your perspective, I got a feeling that women empowerment is kind of a personal story. What can you tell me about it? 
Okay. So thank you so much, Ivan, for uh, allowing me this opportunity to be with you today in uh, Learn with Passion. And again, uh, it's nice again to catch up with you after two years. And uh, thanks for also the nice introduction. Uh, just one uh, correction that my DBA is not yet finalized. So I'm in my process to, to take the doctoral degree. I finished the master degree and now I'm in the process of just for uh, credibility uh, factors. That's good. Uh, Coming what next about then. The, yeah, <laughs> okay. What about the, 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 the woman empowerment? Uh, I will tell you something. Me being a woman, let's say a very ambitious person, because this is me, I'm very ambitious. And uh, the personal story beh behind women empowerment is I suffered a little bit in the start of my career. So I find that it is needed to empower women to be able to have equal opportunity exposure to leadership positions. Uh, and I, I'm, I can be extremely proud what I see currently since probably started a couple of years back about how they empower women psychologically, economically, uh, in a, socially to be in, in, in the front lines rather than always to be in the back. When I started my career probably 22 years back and I was the only woman in the in the whole organization and I started in sales and they were looking to me as if, okay, why you are here? Why at all you are in this job? Find a job in regulatory or HR or something. And I did it. I went to the regulatory and I said, guys, this is not going with my ambition. Yes, regulatory is a very nice job, but if you enjoy it, I don't enjoy it. I enjoy sales, marketing, commercial and all this. Then I said, okay, let me jump in again into the game. And I jumped in again and I, I probably spent something like five to seven years having always this look in the eyes. Why you are here? Why you are bothering yourself so much, including my family? So my mother was always blaming me. Why you are doing that? Why you are going from 9 a.m. in the morning, returning back 12 a.m. in the in next day because you are just hopping around some saints? Stay at home, stay with regulatory. This is a very nice career, stay with it. And you will not find the man with your job. No one will marry you and all these stories. So I, I believe personally that really, if you want to do something, whether you are a woman or a, or a man, if you put something in your head, head and you have the will to do it, you will do it. <laughs> but you need some support sometimes and women needs more support. What, what you're saying and what, you, what I take out of what you said is almost like our society, and that includes our parents, uh, are kind of programming in our brains certain biases. It's almost like, and this is something that is quite true in, in human psychology, is that most of our brain is considered of, of a formatting of number of rules that have been dictated by, uh, by our society and it's constantly reminding us where we belong, right? Um, so we all know that because of human uh, evolution, men were, were supposed to be stronger, men were, were supposed, supposed to take care of, of the family, and they are the ones also who took the power and who dictated and enhanced this number of rules. And we live all, all of us, like men and women, program because it affects both of us. It, 
us men, because of our biases, our considerations about women capabilities without any science behind. And we're going to discuss a little bit more about science research that shows what happens in, with women in leadership. And from the other side, we have women that have been constantly being uh, push messages that has affected their ability to be confident on their cap capacity to be whatever they want to be. And that it is a, a big problem. So our psychology has determined how we have polarized the world. Coming back to the example of Unilever claiming that 51, 52% of women in man, uh, are now managers uh, and the reaction and by the way, this reaction came mainly from men, but there was a couple of women that say, oh, this is a makeup. This is just for publicity. So instead of recognizing the, 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 the possibility for women to access to something that is, that is going to reach kind of an equilibrium uh, for our society, if you don't have the opportunity to be a, a leader, then how the hell are you going to prove that you are one? Now, that drives us to our next question, which is more about what is exactly the situation in corporations? Do you have the confidence that something has been progressing or is just fluff in the air? I think after many years in, in, in multinational and in, let's say, big corporations, I can tell you that, yes, there is a progress. There is effort behind it. The, there is always a space for improvement. It's not yet reaching to the optimal phase that we want, but there is a lot of effort, especially in the last five years from all the corporations, in, which is cascaded from the headquarter of the corporation to any other region. So it's not only located in the headquarter, but it's also uh, diffused to the regions. And why I'm saying diffuse to the regions, because you know there is differences. In Europe and the US and the North America, probably you will find more acceptance toward uh, women in leadership, the more diversity. In the Middle East, Latin America, Asia, you will find the gender norms are a little bit stronger, let's mm. say. Again, as putting women in leadership and uh, toward more stereotyping women and men role in, in the corporation. But there is a real progress there. And if we talk about progress in, in the corporation, we talk about two types, gender equality and gender equity, mm -hmm. because they are different. So the gender equality is, let's say that this is giving fair uh, treatment for all genders. So what, what, does I, what do I mean by equal uh, treatment? First of all, for example, equal pay. You cannot hold the same position and there is a difference between man and woman. There is a progress in that. And you really see that there is a lot of payment policies and procedures are being revised in the corporation. Still, there is, of course, not to the level because I read an article very, I think one month ago about that there is still 16% pay gap in India. And, but they are aware and they diagnose the problem and the corporations are trying to work on reducing this pay gap. In the Middle East, especially in UAE, I can say that this is not existing, at least in the multinational, because we see that there is no payment gap. Probably in the private sector, uh, the, the, owned, the, the, the local owned the private sector, I don't have the information, but there is a progress. What else about the uh, equality? 
same leaves, number of days of leaves, same sick leaves, same absence leaves, annual leaves. So this is, again, a very good progress because it wasn't existing before. Uh, what else about the, the equality is currently when you post a job in the corporation, both the talent acquisition and the HR teams are really keen to give you a short list which is diverse. So they seek for female candidates, even for jobs before they wouldn't even seek for it, like service, like technical, like IT. But now they are really keen to do that. Of course, the, 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 the percentage of, uh, of females and males are still not equal because also there is a lot of background of education capabilities. It's, it's, it's a long story. It's not related to sometimes the IT female candidates are not even existing. You, you don't find them especially in the STEM field. Uh, the other equality also is the diversity. You talk about Unilever, you said 52% are managers. Uh, I will tell you that every corporation currently have a diverse percentage uh, target, hmm. ranging between uh, 20 up to 50%, according to where are you in the diversity life cycle. So this is all a progress or a pro, uh, in, the, in the action that corporations take to achieve gender equality. Let's talk about the other part of the story because it's still also there is a progress, which is the gender equity. And equity is the way how you offer a specific circumstances for a specific gender or minority, not only a gender, but even a group of minority in order to make them uh, success or succeed. And we, we also see this progress. So for example, before the maternity leave was very limited, even in the Middle East, and you will see it especially in the GCC, now they extended the maternity leave as per the labor law, and some corporations already extended beyond the labor law. After maternity, you should come back with either 75% or 50% of the pay, Policies are changing. They give you the right to work from home up to one year after maternity. So they give you a better circumstances to, to go with your women or, or female circumstances. What I also finding impressive is the implication or the implementation of paternity leave currently. It is implemented in Europe since a couple of years and in the US, but currently in the Middle East, they also impose paternity. This is part of how you how the spouse can support his wife. This is, I find it for the sake of the woman, actually. Yes, men are happy, of course, to take five days after having kids, but it's also benefiting us, let's say. So I think there is a progress, not yet to the optimal, but there's baby steps every year you find it. So it seems to me that the ground, the, the context is being prepared, being ready, that the conditions are positive, rather positive, but in order to get there, because there is two major issues here. The lack of enough pipeline of talent that is ready to take on board, and that comes from the fact that already in the educational system, women have been biased to certain directions. Hey, do psychology, do something else. Don't do, don't be an engineer. Don't be a tech person. Don't be a programmer. Um, that's one problem. And the other thing is more about the, the 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 human context. That in order to reach to that leadership position, 
you will have to go with more struggles than a man. And I'm saying that, and, and I'm, I'm thinking in fact that to, about a book that I read a couple of years back. I, I still remember that it was like five or six years ago. It's called Executive Presence, The Missing Link Between Merit and Success. And it's written by a lady called Sylvia Ann Hewlett. And the, the two chapters of the book talk about the women, uh, the biases against women. So when a man shows uh, presence, like shows uh, being angry or something like that, it would be judged in a less severe manner than when a woman would do that. If a man is empathic, uh, is joking around, he will be judged in a less severe manner than a woman. And because he's in, in fact, and she talks about the, the concept of gravitas, which in, in fact for her, it makes most of the, um, the decisions about deciding you are leadership material is based on gravitas. And gravitas depends mainly into two, two, on two areas, the confidence and the, side, uh, and the sideness and showing teeth uh, are the consideration, in fact, in order to judge, you are a leadership material and you take that decision within two and three seconds. I look at you, I will decide uh, you make it or you don't, uh, don't make it, which is quite common because if getting back to the, the aspect of, of, of human psychology, um, our brain tends to do shortcuts. 95% of our brain is made of these gut feelings, is made to do the, this gut feeling is also the area where we are storing a lot of rules about society rules, judgments. Um, and that's how in fact human beings react, taking shortcuts to make, to take decisions instead of having a rational decision with proofs. So, and, and for me, this, this problem of biases that we live with is affecting the, 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 uh, the progress, how much we could progress uh, in society. What is your take about human biases? Is it that easy? So now that you have got all the conditions in front of you to get there, is it that easy? I think you touched a very important topic, uh, uh, Ivan, because as you just said, bias is a human natural behavior. We are all biased. Hmm. I, I cannot claim that any one of us never have one sort of biases across the last uh, one year. For sure you will have, even the last one month. Yeah. The, the, the biases, it's, it's, I found it from my perspective is, um, let's say is a result of the social and the gender norms that you were brought up in. And then you develop biases based on that. And you touched a very good example of, uh, there are some norms in the society, like boys cannot cry, boys can fight outside, uh, women are more into the household business, they are more caregivers for the family, uh, they need to uh, be in dresses, polite, uh, not shouting, while the boys can shout and can play around, no issues. This is all, uh, a, 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 let's say, a social and gender norms that control our biases. And simply it controls how we accept or this or not accepting a certain behavior reaction from a specific male or female or from male or female. And how this will, uh, let's say how, how dangerous it is. Uh, 
it is dangerous because it makes us put ourselves and the people that we are dealing with in a stereotyping corner. So you are stereotyping. So if I interview Ivan now for uh, a position, I revert back in my brain to my norms and my bringing up and how it works. And then I can say, oh, okay, probably Ivan fits the job or not. Mm, absolutely. It's not because of a specific capability checklist that I tested and I evaluated and I said that, oh, okay, Ivan can do that, can do that, can do that. He got a score eight of 10 out of all the checklists I want in this job. So I need to give him a job, whatever he is, whatever he is male or female, whatever he is uh, coming from Europe or Latin America or Middle East, I don't care. Hmm. And how we fight our biases, uh, because this is also one of the things that we are focusing on it in the corporations currently, which is be aware first about your bias. So question yourself, if you are biased because of a bringing up of uh, because of uh, certain circumstances that you were in, because of your media affection, your school education, and then try to reduce the bias. I cannot claim that I can remove the bias. Hmm. And if we talk specifically about the role of the bias in the, in the female leadership part, I can tell you something that the biases starts from the early beginning of a female, from the education time. Hmm. And I was reading a very nice uh, study. It was a mega study actually done in the US in Florida. They were screening uh, the school, school record of math for boys and girls in between 1996 and 2002. So they got like um, a score for all the math records, the math performance for all the boys and girls in the school. And then they tackled the homes for those boys and girls. And they did two types of questionnaire of the researchers. One of the researchers or the questionnaire was directed to the mothers of those whoever, daughter or, or son. And they were asking her about three questions. First of all, in, when you were first pregnant, do you prefer boy or a girl to identify she is biased to boy or girl? Mm -hmm. The second question was, uh, do you believe in this statement? men needs to be achievers outside the home and they need to be successful outside the home. Do you believe it or not? The third statement was, do you believe that women will be more happy or happier staying at home and raising kids rather than going to work and raising kids together? It was very leading uh, statements and they were, it was a close end research and they was yes or no. Of course, there is some critique can be done to this mega study, but it's still giving you some indicator. And then they finished this questionnaire and they asked the boys and girls themselves, the daughters and sons, do you believe in, feel, uh, girls should not show the boys that they are smarter than them in math? Yes or no? Girls should direct their study more into dance and cooking and all this, or more into math, uh, science, uh, biology, chemistry. Which one you prefer? And the results was not strange for me because I was expecting when I was reading the research methodology, I was expecting the result. There was a clear significant correlation between the beliefs and the scores of the math. 
the more the family, the mother and the daughters and sons are believing in those statements, the less the score of the man. While in homes was not believing, the girls scores higher in math. And this results were significantly proven. Hmm. Relate to this. So this is a part of the bringing up. What this type of bringing up will do for a girl and the society. First, the society is stereotyping the girl into more dancing, cooking, easy stuff rather than the STEM. And then for the girl, they give her the feeling that she needs to have a glass ceiling. Her dreams needs to be at the limit. Mm. She cannot dream bigger than that. And what also was very interesting in this study is they do a sub-analysis by income, which was very strange for me as a result, because I thought that probably in the lower income, you will find this more significant than in the higher income. It was the opposite. Mm -hmm. In the higher income, it was much more significant. And when they dig deep in the results, they find that the wealthier the family, the more resources they put behind the boy in the STEM education, rather and less resources they put behind the girl in the same STEM, while they put behind the girl more into dressing up, etiquette, learning, dancing, cooking. Yeah. So this is the type of stereotyping and how they impact that. Do not expect a woman or a girl who were abroad in such position to be a fighter, to take a leadership position later on when she grew up. And if you look to the workplace, do a very small observation. And there is a lot of research showing the percentage. If you, if you segment the job function in the workplace and you start with the HR, the regulatory, you will find at least 60, 70% women. Mm. It is a predomination for women. Yeah. This is again a, a, a background or a result of the social norms, the gender norm, the biases, even for the hiring manager. A bias to take a woman in this position, this is a bias against men. They don't believe that men fitting this position. They believe that women more fitting this position. And if you go on the other side into commercial leadership, into sales, marketing, uh, uh, IT service, the IT service is much worse, much worse bias against women. So this bias, you see it, you need to be aware of it. You need to teach the people that you lead or you work with as peers to be aware of your biases by making days of understanding, by making uh, you know the self-awareness sessions with the, with the environment, the work environment. So when you hire someone, you try to omit this part from your side. Hmm. Marwa, <clears throat> you have said something that is quite important and something that I truly believe in is that when there is a curricula of diversity and inclusion, I mean, many companies are having this curricula and it is slides after a slide with principles definitions. Now, what I think is more important is to to help people to be more self-aware so and you said it clearly it cannot it's not something that can be taught because my biases could be i don't know different I, maybe they are cultural uh for you maybe it's about genders i don't know so we need to be able to get to know ourselves a little bit better 
control our emotions. I think that there is several curricula that include a little bit of mindfulness in order to, to understand your body and to understand because our body is the, the first one who tell us what is happening in our thoughts. We cannot really get and spot our thought and uh, helping people to go into a journey of self-awareness and mindfulness is something that can help reduce these biases, be able to spot them before it goes out of our mouth and or there is a behavior that can be uh, leading into the, uh, into the wrong side. Definitely, it is something to be considered. But now, there is still a lot of people who will tell you, hey, this equality between men and women, this uh, possibility to reach higher positions, well, it's a nice to have because it shows that we live in harmony. But is there more than that? Can we consider if, if today we go, is there any proof that women have the capacity, the same capacity as men? Is there a proof that it can be better with women in, in, in power? I would like to, uh, to, to have your take on that. Okay. This is very important because simply if women don't have the capability, they cannot lead as simple as that. And there is many side talks when the, 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 the movement of diversity and inclusion starts, especially toward the women and friends and empowering women. You will find in the corridors, many men talking, oh, okay, they will take the female because she is a female. No, guys, they, they, they will not hire the female because she is a female. If the competency and the capabilities are not there, they will no, no one will hire someone, you know, who is either, whether male or female or, or what, any other type of, um, let's say, minorities. And how to prove that? Let's look first at uh, the COVID crisis, what happened in the COVID crisis on, on the level of governments. And I read many researches and many articles actually referring to six, seven countries where, have, where they have already women leaders were more capable to deal with the COVID crisis in their countries. Mm. And they referred to or they spotlighted as successful leaders in a crisis and how women were successful in leading their countries to pass the COVID crisis with less mortality rate, with better health budgeting uh, directed to COVID and COVID testing and COVID uh, uh, ICU uh, treatments. Mm. And they, they were really spotlighted in many articles and in many journals. And we can just remember New Zealand, Denmark, uh, as you mentioned in the introduction, Finland, uh, Iceland, uh, uh, Angela Merkel in Germany. So this was the first thing but it's not enough you know we still need more uh, evidences based mm. on a research let's say not only based on an observation mm. uh, in the time between 2020 and 2021 there was i think as far i don't know exactly the number of researches was done on that but i personally read something like 12 papers addressing how women leadership in crisis was more effective than men leadership inside the corporations. 
And I can mention here one of the studies that was done by, in, it was uh, published in Harvard, and it was done by Zagner and Falker, and both guys are the author and the co-author of um, How to Make Yourself Indispensable book. Mm -hmm. It's a very nice book, by the way. Yeah. And they did um, a research on corporations where they have 800 plus managers were included or were uh, researched in this paper. And what was the, res the research methodology? They chose those 800 plus, around 360 women and 450 men. It's uh, just figure round figures. And then they did inside their corporations what's called 360 uh, assessment. So in this 360, and many of us already are familiar with 360, you, they ask your peers, your subordinates, your managers about how effective your leadership is, and they identify specific competences to ask, to score, how, how was it effective? And what they found is they did this assessment before 2020 and after 2020, so before COVID and after COVID. Mm. And the overall leadership effectiveness of women were significantly higher before COVID, and it was even significantly much higher after COVID versus the male leaders. This was the first outcome. The second outcome was into the competences, which competences shows better or significantly, let's say statistically significant, better leadership in women rather than men and which, were, which competences were equal. So out of those, they tested 19 competences and out of those 19 competences, 13 showed that women were significantly better than men. So the scores were higher and the scores were statistically significant. And if I just to recall a couple of those competences, you will find driving results, you will find agility of learning, you will find adaptability and flexibility, you will find collaboration and make collaborative teams, you will find honestly, honesty and integrity and transparency. So showing honesty and integrity, you find taking decisions, Hmm. This is all across the, 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 the items that women were better and also change management as well, embracing change. And then when you look at the other six, you will find five competences. Women were scoring higher than men as a score, but it wasn't significant statistically, which is building strategy, customer focus, innovation, taking risks. Hmm. And then there was one item which men scored higher than women one competency, but also not significantly statistical, statistically significant, which was technical knowledge about a specific technical issue. Mm. So the overall study uh, concluded that women leadership is, or women leadership is actually better than men leadership. This uh, research was having, or this conclusion was echoed in a couple of other researches done by McKenzie. And I, I was reading a couple of days ago uh, an article, it was published in PubMed about the, the effectiveness of doctor women leadership in healthcare system in managing the COVID crisis. And it ended up by the same conclusion. Is it enough to give a generalized rule? I cannot say it's enough. Because in order to generalize something, you need to really produce a large number of research in different areas, in different industries, in order to generalize that. But you can get a clue. There is a lot, a lot to be done in this research 
in order to add, uh, to close the gap in this research. But I can tell you from my experience that I see if the woman is really well educated and exposed to the proper resources and the practice and the experience, or let's say the experience practicing opportunity, they will really be good or better leaders. This is from my very humble experience. Uh, of course, I'm biased because I'm a woman. So I, uh, of course I need to say that, but, <laughs> but there is a part of the research confirms that not enough, yes, we need more, yes. And a part of the observation during my long time experience, but here again, educational and experience background and support needed to be as equal as any man have. Mm. If you have equal experience and education, you can expect better leadership from one. Listen, Marwa, what you're saying uh, resonates with me. Yes, this is a Harvard study, so it's numbers at the end. Now, the thing that I was thinking is that during COVID, there was another study that was done by KPMG um, putting as the highest risk for corporations today. And it was done pre-COVID and after COVID. So it was asking the, to, the question to CEOs, what is the biggest risk for your company today? And from number 11, pre-COVID, it has been number one saying the lack of talent. And the funny thing is that during COVID, it was a time, during the time of crisis, it was a time that every employee needed to have empathy, more human touch, uh, more support in order to drive through the change, something that men, they just get things done. They don't follow steps that will consider the business aspect together with the human aspect. So, and, and, and I kind of blame that the, the, the fact that we have not been prepared, not only because men who were in power, who represent still the majority in leadership, uh, were not prepared with all of the things that women are super good at. Second, that we didn't have the pipe, the female pipeline in order to, uh, to, to create that for many employees, things were a little bit easier. Now, I'm getting back to the point is that female traits, female skills is something that anyone can learn. In fact, what if, if I was back in corporate, what I would do is to learn these skills in where women are over-excelling, over-indexing their performance versus, uh, versus men. Everything is something that you, you can do, practice with, through repetition. And in fact, I also read like um, a, a research that was, that was done that the, about the level of an area where women excel is in terms of adaptability. There was a research made uh, across leaders who are constantly moving around the world and adapting to cultural changes, to new ways of, of doing things. And all of the traits that make them successful were associated with female traits. And, but in this study, which was super biased, there was 80% of people who were men, but they were good in the female traits. So what I'm saying is that if today there is there is this information out there saying that women are better than men in leadership positions. It is time for us men to take our work 
back and work it out to to ex to to reach the same level. I I think this is this is something where we cannot associate. It's not because you have a determine a biological determination to be um, a woman that that you you have <laughs> you have it easier because you had to learn and sometimes to do much more efforts, five to six times more efforts, being a, a woman in order to excel in leadership positions. So it's, it's, it is about the skills that are learnable, that men can get inspiration uh, from, and that they shouldn't be threatened. Because at the end, all of these comments that we see in LinkedIn about, hey, she didn't deserve it. Uh, she got it just because there was a, a quota of, of, of women. We shouldn't be, we, instead of thinking about what could have been done better, it is time to say, what can we learn from these women that are over-excelling uh, 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 over at work and take it on, or take it on, on us? Because it, the journey to be a woman in leadership is never easy. You have much more things than us. And, and kind of men have the help of these human biases, like the association between good leadership is about being assertive, showing teeth in times of war. You just mentioned there is many examples of leaders in governments in the Nordics where they are not showing teeth, but they're just doing the right thing that people needs on the time. And this is leadership, right? Caring about your people. Exactly, engaging your people. Yep. Um, I wanted to touch a little bit base into into the area of, of, of what makes, I mean, how can you overcome these barriers? How can women start believing in them? How, what can they practice in order to overcome the barriers that are limiting them into their growth? And also they are limiting them into their mindset because at the end, when it's so hard, you start doubting, right? Okay, so before I answer your question, let me comment on, on, on the last couple of sentences you mentioned. Because some men are a little bit aggressive toward this uh, building or progress, the more female representation in leadership, because they think that, oh, okay, now it's they are competing with us. They need to take our jobs. They need to take... This is sometimes when you talk to uh, male colleagues, they, they, they call it out. They mm -hmm. say it as it is. Mm -hmm. However, it's not about male versus female. It's, it's never about that. Male and female are complementary genders in the progress of the society, of a corporation, of a school, of any place in this world. Mm -hmm. And I personally believe that the most, uh, let's say, healthy culture of a corporation is where you have a balanced representation not only between male and female, but between different backgrounds, different education, different nationalities. So the balance is always there because this is the real truth behind diversity. Mm. And the other truth is do not stop at a diversity. How you include those together? What is your inclusion actions that you are doing? Because the inclusion actually is more important than the diversity. The diversity is just having different headcounts, but how you can make those headcounts count, exactly. which is the inclusion. This, yes. is, this is the key. And how you can make 
a male learn from a female a trait that he doesn't have, like what you refer to, like multitasking, for example. Women are better in multitasking than men, and this is uh, evidence across years. Uh, but you also, the, the male, the female also can learn from a male. Male can be more assertive in controlling things. Females usually tend to be softer way, but sometimes you need to be assertive. So how you learn from a male? And this will be achieved by creating a diverse and inclusive workplace. Hmm. So learning from each other is, I think, the base of success for a society, for a corporation, for whatever organization you are in. Hmm. Refer, the, returning back again to the barriers. What are the barriers? Actually, the barriers that uh, any female can see in her journey uh, to make her way up in the leadership hierarchy is not only societal, by the way. There is stereotyping from the society. There is stereotyping from the hiring manager. There are some HR policies and uh, practices still not to the level of giving the same opportunity for promotion or learning for both genders. But there is also some barriers inside the head of the lady. Uh, ladies are more uh, used to be or more famous to suffer from imposter syndrome. And this is a research evidence. It's mm. not, you know, among, among uh, 100 ladies in the senior leadership, 75% suffering from imposter. So they are always self-doubt themselves. Mm. I personally self-doubt myself all the time. So it's it's very clear barrier because when you self-doubt, you are even sometimes the self-doubting is preventing you from even speaking out in, in a meeting. So when you have in a meeting, you start, oh, okay, do I, I understand the topic correctly? Probably I'm not. So it's better not to uh, answer this question. It's better not to comment. So this is a barrier because your exposure is limited because you don't expose yourself. Again, because you self-doubt. Uh, the glass ceiling that we talked about it. I don't dream big. Um, okay, I love to be a general manager, vice president, but probably not a CEO. It's hmm. not for me. Yeah. You know, this type of thinking. This is an internal barrier that, referring back to the norms, it was put in our heads. So how can we overcome that? First of all, I, I believe personally, start with yourself, to change yourself. Because the society changes difficult. So changing yourself is easy. So be aware about your barriers and be, uh, um, let's say, honest with yourself. What, is, what are your barriers? And I know my barriers. I personally know my barriers very, very clearly. I know that I'm having self-doubts a lot. I know I'm, I'm impostering sometimes. I know the answer. I don't say it because I feel shy to be embarrassed. This is a man will never do. But, they will just say it. Marwa, but is it a good thing that men are hiding the, the, the fact that they have self-doubts, they're just better at hiding because as a man, I can tell you, I have self-doubts. It's just that I was formatted in a way when I was in corporate to hide it and I, that, to don't let see it through. Exactly, but women are not. And this is something we need to learn from you. To hide it? I don't think no. so. Like, not to hide it, but to, to overcome. The best. 
to overcome it, let's say, not to hide it, but let's say to overcome yeah. it, to think about it, not everything, because really the self-doubt at the women mind is much higher than a man mind. You will never be able to imagine the difference. <laughs> and so first be self-aware about your barriers <laughs> and seek for help if needed. So mentorship, enroll yourself in a mentorship program, hire a mentor, hire a coach, ask a beer, even if you don't go to a mentor or a coach in a formal way, but find a beer or a manager that you can trust and you can be open. I self-doubted myself in this specific topic. Am I right or wrong? So this gives more self-confidence with time. The, the glass ceiling barrier can be overcome with working on your mindset because it's a pure mindset it's if if you are will enough and you have a strong will to be why not i'm in this position what i lack in order to reach to this position and then i feel what uh, i feel what i lack the third thing which is very important work on your education don't spend one single year without adding to your skills something on top, because this will empower your self-confidence, this empower, reduce your self-doubt, and it makes you feel better, even psychologically, you, you know? So it will give you this boost of pushing, uh, getting uh, forward. From the society or the cor corporate, let's, take, let's be more specific into the workplace. What they can offer, and this is already started in some uh, corporations currently, they offer mentorship and coaching program for females, mm. for young females uh, leader. Uh, they need also to start picking up the talents, the female talents, to build the talent funnel or the talent pipeline early on. So starting from the universities, having some scholarship, internship programs, to females in the areas, specifically the areas which is a question mark for a female, like all STEM areas, all commercial area. Get those guys as an internship, train them, and then keep the connection. So by that, you will build the talent funnel behind the or female talent pipeline. So the talent funnel is important. Uh, I am personally enrolled as a mentor in a very nice uh, program called STEM Hair Up. It is focused on the young school girls in the poor countries where you are talking about what is STEM and you train the girls in early age, in the age of 13, 14, 15, it's a high school age, about communication skills, emotional intelligence, uh, presentation skills, uh, then ended up the program by making them work on a project on a female leader in the, in the world of STEM. So you are creating also the idol, those girls will go. So you are trying now to change the mindset. And I basically uh, encourage any corporation to sponsor this type of activity because it works from early on. Uh, other barrier, which is again coming from the females, there is very poor female networking. You know, decisions in corporation, let's be very bold in that. Yeah. It's made always outside offices. It's made always in the networking events. Yeah. And you mentioned very nice thing, Ivan, in the start, I take a shortcut decision. 
I like you, I don't like you, I know you, I don't know you. Okay, you are hired, you are promoted. Mm. So we, we lack female networking. Mm. I don't know why, honestly, because I don't know if females are jealous of each other, so they are not supporting each other really on the ground, or because we are very limited in the leadership positions, so we are not networking, or because we do other stuff much more, much more than what we have as a work, but we also taking care of kids, going to trainings, as, uh, working as drivers, as, as teachers. So we don't have the time for female networking. Yeah. But I think this is a clear barrier. Hmm. And this is I see. I see very basically in my even career life, I don't have a network. And yes, you can be in a very good uh, terms with your male colleagues, but when they decide to have an opportunity or promotion, they will not prefer you. They will go to the other male colleague who probably have the same capability. Marwa, or even yeah, absolutely. Uh, Marwa, the, the, there is a word that has been used during these last two years quite a lot in corporations, which is uh, psychological safety. So the fact that we can say whatever in a in a in a way that doesn't hide the things and. It, it is not because it's a nice word, but corporations see the value that when you say you, you stay true to yourself and you, you are allowing others, but you are also allowing yourself by the example of, of saying what, what you think when you don't know, um, is something that is quite positive in order to have a thriving organization because you are not hiding that if you did a mistake two, two weeks ago, say it. And, but the thing is that men are, always into this political saviness of, of not hiding what if there was a mistake because they feel like they're going to be judged. Maybe today women are, are, are not doing it, which is maybe positive, more, that has more value for driving corporate cultures. And maybe this is what we need is that if you have doubts, say it. If you don't know, say it. Stop to having this male, dimension of hiding the, uh, hiding the things. I, I think it is quite positive. And the other thing that you mentioned that is quite impactful is the, the fact that we have into, I wouldn't say that the, uh, the barrier for, for creating networks in, in, in women is about the jealousy. I think that the, it goes together with the fact that they're focusing on something that makes value for women, this political atmosphere, these cohorts, these gangs that uh, males have created, it doesn't add as much value as the real work that you do directly for your people, because it, it, we, we don't have to hide it. It's for for uh, women in leadership, the people is something that will drive the profitability in, the, in, uh, uh, in, in a corporation. Maybe for men for a long time, it has been the other way around. If you want uh, profitability, then you have to take advantage, use people in order to, to make it. So I see that it's, the network story is something that is solvable, that is, uh, there is not enough women empowered in order to help each other. Um, there is also something that is quite important in the female character is the fact that you don't hide the BS. So you are more judging. Men between men, they're going to be, hey, you did that. Hey, okay, shit happens. 
But <laughs> in your case, you're going to be more in the judging mode so that it's not because you go in, in front of another female that you're going to be more protective. You're going to be more candid at giving them feedback that you stay true to yourself, which again is something posit positive for corporations. Two things that are super positive for corporation is this psychological safety, the fact that to say whatever you, you think without hiding, without political, uh, a, a political setup. And the, the other thing is to, to say truth, the truth in a candid manner without hiding, making it beautiful. Uh, that's something that is quite positive for organization. Really, I, I was impressed by your knowledge about the, 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 the research that there is behind uh, women in leadership. Uh, I was impressed by your personal story, uh, how you have got this progress also in your personal career, because you have been like in four or five different companies in four or five also kind of cultures, because Nordic culture is one thing, British culture is another one, French culture is another one, Egyptian culture is like completely, completely different. And, and, and I'm impressed that through these experiences and despite the differences you have been able to thrive. And I, I have to thank you because it's kind of an, a good example for female and for men of what must be done in order to thrive and progress. And, thank you. and I love the fact that you, that you, you are trying to drive this, make it a purpose to help women get also there. Marwa, thank you very much for being with me, for sharing uh, all these insights. Uh, I, I think that if, if we had to, if somebody wants to, to get in touch with Marwa, so just type it in LinkedIn, Marwa Soliman in LinkedIn. Uh, and really it was a quite insightful, uh, insightful uh, podcast episode, really, I, I feel like I have learned a lot, Marwa. Anything that you want to say before we close uh, this discussion? First, I want to thank you, Ivan, because I also enjoyed the discussion with you and your scientific knowledge about the topic itself. I want to stress that it's not a fight between men and women. It's a complementary, diverse culture. This is how we need to play it. It's not a competition. It's a complement complementation. Mm. And uh, again, I want to stress about on the importance of female networking. And I need to announce uh, here that we, me and a couple of my friends in the leadership in the healthcare as well are forming currently a community called Help Hair Rise in Healthcare. And it will be referred uh, to as Hair soon and they can um, anyone can be interested in joining us as a speaker as a mentor as a coach where we are trying to collect and gather all the female leaders across the healthcare industry whether pharma medical diagnostics dermocosmetics in order to support each other so they are really uh, highly uh, highly encouraged to to come it's a voluntary work so uh, you can give it uh, from your own time if you have time and uh, hopefully it can participate in removing one of the barriers. Marwa, so that makes an additional good reason to connect with Marwa, Marwa Soliman in LinkedIn, because if you are interested to be part of her, that sounds a little bit, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Please connect with her. 
Marwa, thank you very much for your time. It was lovely to have you. And we surely speak soon about this project because we want to do some, something with you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ivan. Thanks again for the opportunity.